Hello everyone, welcome back to another recap episode of PT Meal Podcast. Today, we're going to hear again highlights from our recent guests. This is just the first part of uh, the batch of conversations I had for this season. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, YouTube, or whatever podcast apps you're listening to. Also, please do follow us in social media, in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, PT Meal Podcast. So, all right, for this episode, you'll hear Michael Datu describe what a skilled nursing facility is and what he likes about working in one. Barbara Parks talked about equine physical therapy, specifically assessing horses and how to make horses do what you want them to do. Jean Panglinan, an officer of the Association of Philippine Physical Therapy Students, shared her initial reactions regarding the lockdown and how it would affect her schooling. Yul Huntilia discussed why manual physical therapy is demonized, abused, and misused. And lastly, Charmaine Heronimo described the Filipino physio platform and how it can help level up Filipino PT's practices. So, let's take a listen. How would you describe uh, a skilled nursing facility? What is a skilled nursing facility for those who are not familiar on, on what okay. is? Okay. The best way to differentiate it is mm-hmm. to see the difference between a skilled nursing facility as well as a nursing facility. Mm-hmm. So at a nursing facility, it's mainly nurses and the patients, mm-hmm. whereas skilled nursing facility is more of a rehab um, rehab uh, institution or facility. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there's rehab in it. Mm-hmm. That's why it's skilled. If there is no rehab in it, it wouldn't be considered a skilled nursing facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the main thing is in a skilled nursing facilities, things will not happen if nursing's not there. Mm-hmm. Things will not happen if rehab's not there. Mm-hmm. Things will not happen if respiratory therapists aren't there. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a combined factor of all of these disciplines as well as departments activities personnel have a huge portion because they um uh, if a patient we, we send patients to them if they're at high risk for falls mm-hmm. so again this is us if you are a team-based person and you kind of like more acute things or more subacute mm-hmm. uh, factors of physical therapy sniff is definitely the place for you mm-hmm. These uh, any the patients that you have are uh, patients coming from the hospital, right? That is absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, when they're more um, stable. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, can you describe to us like what a typical day of of a physical therapist uh, is in in a, in a skilled nursing facility? Okay, what I love about skilled nursing facility is that it you just kind of clock in your eight hours. Uh-huh. So I could come in as early as about seven mm-hmm. and then I could come in as late as uh, maybe 11 or lunchtime if I wanted to. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so That's I clock nice. in eight hours. Yeah. So uh-huh. it's very flexible. So as soon as I go in, I put obviously my stuff down. Um, I look at my schedule. I print it out. I see who is scheduled for treatment and the co-treatments. Mm-hmm. I check who the OTs are because again, skilled nursing facility is based on teams mm-hmm. um i uh, i as well as the ot need each other's discipline in mm-hmm. order to perhaps sit a patient or do something functional where if we separated perhaps the only thing we could have done might have been range of motion mm-hmm. which isn't the best for the patient right. um 
And then after that, I would definitely talk to um, uh, each. So our total, our total team is about 24, 22. And then we have sub teams. Mm -hmm. So, I, so I love the team that I'm part of. Mm -hmm. um, Luis and Taylor are amazing PTAs. I requested them for that very reason because uh, they're amazing. And then uh, we always have the best communication. We we talk about a patient, and the thing I love about sniffs is that these are patients that again might have fractures or um, orthopedic conditions where maybe the hospital didn't catch, mm -hmm. or perhaps on the way to subacute something might have happened. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think the knowledge of PT comes into play. Um, I think, again, there have been instances where we go in, we suspect a dislocation of the shoulder, maybe anterior dislocation, mm -hmm. and then we request an x-ray. And um, once it's done, perhaps it does show that uh, anterior dislocation. So that, that's one thing I love about PT. And a lot of times in our facility, a lot of times, PTs will be called into, hey, um, can you check this patient to see if you suspect that they have any broken bone? So maybe we could refer to ortho, mm -hmm. refer to maybe a um, radiologic procedure or anything like that. And mm -hmm. then the main day, again, is just treating the patients, going back and doing daily documentation. Each treatment there is definitely much more than your outpatient. Mm -hmm. um, maybe uh, I usually see maybe about six to eight patients a day. Mm -hmm. and each patient might be about 45 to an hour. Mm -hmm. And then the remainder of the time I'm working with nursing, I'm working with maybe activities, personnel. Um, I'm talking to family members. It's definitely a holistic approach. Right. Mm -hmm. Overall care. How do you, how do you make mm -hmm. horses do what you <laughs> want them to do? If you're, you know, you can't instruct yeah. them. How creative would you right. be? <laughs> Yeah, so that's again where having some background like horse knowledge is pretty mm -hmm. important, you know, having a general understanding of training and um, how to motivate a horse to do something is important. Um, but think about like, I, I kind of relate it to pediatrics a lot. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you might have a kid who is nonverbal, they can't communicate easily with you and you can't communicate easily with them. And so you have to find a creative way to get them motivated and to accomplish the task. So it's very similar, I think, with horses um, because we don't speak the same language, right. but we can kind of find a way to communicate that's creative and you know, using things that you know are motivating to a horse, like food, food's always mm -hmm. motivating to a horse. Um, so you can use things like that to kind of get them to cooperate and horses are really generally very cooperative and want to please. So, uh -huh. um, if you're patient with them and have kind of the training skill set, uh, at least a little bit there, you can, you can usually figure a way for most things. Now there are times that I have to say, Oh, that didn't work. Like I thought it was, let's try oh, okay. something different, of course. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, I think it's pretty similar to working with kids a lot of the time. Is it the same like with treating humans that you have to build rapport with a horse oh, before, sure. you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely a trust, a layer of trust involved, right, in everything. 
Uh, and some horses more so than others, right? They all have different histories. Some of them may have come from a really, you know, traumatic background of mm-hmm. something, you know, an accident that was traumatic or an abuse case or something, you know, really awful. Or they may have had a really, you know, easy life where they had one loving owner for all their life and it's been pretty smooth. So those two horses would take, you know, a different amount of warming up time to to trust me coming in. Um, but similar to people, right? We all have mm-hmm. kind of different backgrounds and some patients warm right up to you and some you right. really have to chip away at and <laughs> convince them slowly over time that, you know, we really do have your best interest at heart. We're here to help. So, yeah, it's, uh, moral of this story is it's it's really similar. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it, it really true is. that horses would feel if you're afraid of them? Oh, for sure. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's look back and reflect on the past years, academic year, um, when COVID was announced. Uh, it was in lockdown. It was 2020, March, I think, almost uh, at the end of the second semester. So initial reactions when you found out that that last part of the semester is going to be held online or uh, biglang in-announce, oh, wala na tayong classes, ano na mangyayari. So, initial reactions, ano yung mga naisip nyo, ano pumasok sa utak nyo that time? Let's start with Jean. Actually po, nung nag-announce na parang magkakaroon nga po ng lockdown, ang sinabi lang po kasi talaga sa akin, sa Fatima po kasi, parang may one week po talaga kami vacation. Nung mm-hmm. no week na rin po na yun. Okay. Dahil ang sabi po sa akin is, mag-sanitize um, daw po ng buong um, university. So, akala ko parang, uh, okay, one week lang yan, uh, babalik din kami ng school after uh, the following week, ganyan. So, so um, for me, ginawa ko siyang pahinga, parang mm-hmm. sabi ko, it's time for me to rest naman muna for that week, before man lang parang bumalik ulit ng school. Pero nung nagtuloy-tuloy na yung lockdown, parang sabi ko, oh my gosh, paano yung school? Lalo na parang uh, I was in second year that time. So, lahat ng mga assessment and treatment subjects um, pinapa, uh, pinapag-aralan po namin that time. Mm-hmm. And alam ko po na pagdating na third year, it was like more on integration of knowledge. So lahat na nang pinag-aralan namin sa mga first year to second year, uh, doon na namin medyo i-apply or doon na namin siya pagsasama-samahin. Mm-hmm. So medyo kinabahan kasi sabi ko, uh, sapat na ba yung pinag-aralan namin? Sapat na ba yung mga naturo sa aming demonstration for assessment and treatment? Kaya mm-hmm. uh, then nung um, nung tatapusan ko kasi na second sem, um, pinagawa na lang po kami ng mga report videos mm-hmm. para yun na po yung final output namin saka final exam po namin for the rest of the subjects. Mm-hmm. Then, um, ang batch po kasi namin yung um, new curriculum, mm-hmm. uh, tri-sem po kami. So, dire-diretso po yung klase namin. So, wala po kami summer break if meron na po para one month or two weeks lang. So, no, dapat po by uh, April or May, nagsistart na po ulit kami mag-glase for the summer. Uh-huh. Then, hanggang sa parang nagtuloy-tuloy nga po yung lockdown and then wala pong balita if paano po yung pasokan, if maghihintay po bang matapos yung COVID or what. Kaso, yun nga po pumasok na po yung online classes. At first, uh, medyo nahirapan po kami. Um, buti na lang po yung summer po is dalawa lang po yung subject namin and hindi naman po siya masyadong mahirap for our uh, part po para ano lang po ethics and um, 
PTPM, ano, uh, management, mga administration, PTAT, gano'n po. So, kaya-kaya so, i-online? Yes po, kaya-kaya i-online more on mga parang paperworks, mga mm-hmm. pinapagawa ng presentations, kanyan. Mm-hmm. Pero nung nag-start na po yung first time, doon na po kami parang, oh my gosh, ito na talaga to. So, parang kailangan may patient ka, mag-demo ka. Uh-huh. Tapos, uh-huh. mahirap din po since dati nung nasa Um, regular schooling, syempre yung mga patient mo yung mga pinagdademohan mo, pinagdademonstrate mo is um, mga kaklase mo din. So, mm-hmm. alam nila i-react kapag kunarin dinitiar mo sila or may hinawakang comfort mga katawan nila. Alam nila i-react. Pero mm-hmm. since bawal pong lumabas, then mm-hmm. by that time, parang hindi pa pwede lumabas kahit para 19 or 20, 21 na po yata yung pwede lumabas na yung ACQ, 21 years old and up, and hindi pa po ako 21. So, um, ma, ma, parang kailangan ko maghatak ng mga, ng mga um, kamag-anak. kamag-anak pa dito. <laughs> para sabihin ko, okay mga ganito yung gagawin mo, okay ganito yung gagawin mo, i-discuss ko talaga sa kanila, kasi ganito yan, ganito yan. Uh-huh. Parang, hindi ko alam ko teacher ako, <laughs> or PT, kasi um, talagang, gusto ko, gusto ko kasi parang na-experience ko pa din yung parang mm-hmm. dapat piti ako. Eh, sabi ko, ganun din naman yun eh. Kasi kapag nag-piti ka, tuturuan mo din, hindi din naman sila physical therapist na tulad mo. Mm-hmm. So parang na-experience ko na rin kahit pa paano, parang internship mm-hmm. na um, settings. Just, how would you say that, you know, um, manual therapy is demonized or not? Or how is it abused or misused? Yeah, so for for some individuals who may not be, you know, like uh, acquainted to or uh, like thorough on how OMPT is being applied, mm-hmm. uh, demonizing here means uh, portraying a specific or something to be wicked or something threatening or something that is worthy of contempt or something of blame. And I, I was looking at, at this earlier. It's something that you demean. It's something that you slander or something that you discredit because overall, we don't really understand how is it done. Mm-hmm. So OMPT has been one of the association that is that has a subgroup of the World Health Organization uh, also uh, under the... Um, the physiotherapy or the World Confederation of Physiotherapy or Physical Therapy, which is the IFOMT, the International Federation of Orthopedic Manipulative Physical Therapy. This is the International Federation of OMPT um, bodies around the world that has a, a, a training that of the same standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hence, there is uh, 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 AMT in, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. where we are fellows with. So, uh, IFOMT, we know for those who have been trained under a specific training, let's say a fellowship program in, in, in mental therapy, uh, like what I was doing and some other colleagues uh, in UK, they have master's level in Canada, uh, in Australia. It, OMPT is always defined as a specialized area in PT that, uh, that manages neuromusculoskeletal uh, condition based on clinical reasoning uh, using highly specific techniques like, ther- like manual therapy and therapeutic exercises um, using evidence-based, including the whole psychosocial 
uh, realm of the person. So that is the definition of OMPT mm -hmm. or mental therapy in particular, uh, what the physical therapy should be doing as mm -hmm. far as those uh, like specializing the area. Mm -hmm. So where do you think this um, hypercritical, hypercriticisms or uh, this, you know, uh, well, criticisms yeah, to manual therapy mm -hmm. coming from? Is this coming from therapists that are not well versed with manual therapy? Or is this coming from physical therapists who have studied under a certain school of thought of manual therapy that they think that it's not useful so for uh in in your view where does this uh this criticisms are coming from honestly um i'm i am not sure i mm -hmm. have my own uh i have my own like probably uh theories as well mm -hmm. but i i know these uh physios these pts or Felix mental therapy, they are, they're great practitioners, they're great clinicians. Mm -hmm. um, but we know the fact that each of us has its own specialization, you know, um, right. some are really, they don't like mental therapy because they work in acute, they just love acute care. Mm -hmm. uh, some just want to be in home health. Mm -hmm. they, they don't even know any, any like uh, specific, you know, they, they don't want to work on that part of orthopedic mental physical therapy and mm -hmm. the same as those who are devoted to the practice of mental therapy as well so we have the we have the passion of learning as mm -hmm. a matter of fact we have continuing educations uh we we, we do go to you know academy uh national conferences uh yearly for new mm -hmm. updates and i think most of this are giving assumptions and, mm -hmm. and that's what the the article um if you look at farther there are eight assumptions that mm -hmm. uh, Chad Cook has pointed out that, you know, for those who are not keen into detail, sometimes we're just, or even like the public, they will say those assumptions are really easy to say. Mm -hmm. And then, but if we debunk each one based on evidence, actually there is an evidence that we can find that it is not true. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about the Filipino Physio platform. So the, the Filipino Fisho um, platform, okay. mm -hmm. so here we gather different mentors all over the world. Mm -hmm. So we have from UK, from Philippines, from the US, and we um, have from Doha. So the target nito is to impart the learning that they have, mm -hmm. working overseas or specializing into a certain topic. So nga, more of Filipino officials uh, sharing globally. Mm -hmm. Ang maganda din dito is parang lahat is excited to share. Kasi, aminin natin, iba-iba yung practice per country. Mm -hmm. Pero yung, yung thought yung about the evidences is same lang naman eh. Pare-parehas tayo nag-aaral about the evidence-based practice. Right. So, kung, kung, kung ano yung share natin na, yun nga, na hindi natin makukuha sa, yun nga, parang from here, meron tayong limitations. Like here in the Philippines, hindi pa ganun ka popular yung other practices such as women's health, in pelvic health, mm -hmm. rehab, and sa ibang bansa is meron ng existing na ganang practice. So, maganda na parang i-share nila to our Filipino PTs. Mm -hmm. Parang then we, can, we can actually use it to, to our patients as well, to our, especially here in the Philippines. Right, right. We're all practicing evidence-based, but the mentors are bringing in something special from their practice experiences nila yung rich you know experience and uh knowledge nila from their actual practice in in their respective fields and settings so let's uh 
dive in more on men your mentors talk to us more about uh who your mentors are I mean what are they bringing to the table actually as of now um diba we have 12 master classes mm-hmm. so yung, yung mga mentors natin we can actually have more mentors kasi ito yung ito yung mga more of based on my research ito yung mga mentors na specialize in those um specialized topic so we will have um nga, uh, si Erwin Valencia for sports and si Bernard then from Doha so Aspetar and NBA diba and then they can teach us something about sports which is really great and then mm-hmm. we also have um Erson Religioso for the orthopedic master classes yeah and we also have um Mom Christine will also be teaching us about you know, sports then and orthopedic master classes and then we have Lily she will be teaching women's health and pati lymphedema and Actually, a lot, a lot of mentors, like from the Academy of the Filipino American Teachers, then yung mga nakuha tayong mentors will be um, teaching mm-hmm. about leadership. Kasi mm-hmm. hindi lang tayo more of ano eh, um, yung mga uh, ibang topics. Maroon din tayo about education, research, and leadership. They will be also yeah, teaching us uh, this topic. Mm-hmm. Right. I was looking at your website and, and seeing at the mentors, and most of them are we're already guests in the, in the in this podcast and Cass, I was like, oh, no, she she brought a lot you have to get also be part if you yeah, want i would like to be part of that say you know is to you know to share mm-hmm. and alam talaga natin na kailangan talaga natin ng voice sa professional especially mm-hmm. here in the philippines mm-hmm. and it's more of you know giving back i think kaya yung mga mentors then is more of very participative because they mm-hmm. want to give back to our here in the that's true that's true talaga spirit of giving back sa kanila for for the for most of them that I have already talked to makikita mo talaga yung zeal and excitement nila to share what they know yes. to share to to our colleagues what their their practice their experiences nakakatuwa um <laughs> so um how do you think this new learning medium or platform could help our profession and our colleagues in in i think w- to leveling leveling up our practices i believe like in our profession we need high quality education mm-hmm. and high quality education it gives us confidence to speak up and also um, you know to treat patients because if if we have no not good foundation about certain skill hindi natin siya mag, ano, mag-vocalize, hindi natin siya, we're, we're not confident about it. But mm-hmm. if we have a up, like if you listen to a, to a lecture, if you practice it, if you if you get a certification from it, it you will gain more confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think, in, in, in profession natin is talking about skill. So we also, that's why we need continuing education, especially, you know, the practice in healthcare, it's evolving. We really need to, you know, step up and up, be updated. With mm-hmm. our, our knowledge mm-hmm. and ang maganda dito is is that um i have you know in the summit there there are students also participating looking forward to certain topics so i think by instilling that really pa lang na you know be, being updated educating ourselves maganda yung future ng profession natin mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to PT Meal Podcast. If you like the show and want to support it, 
please follow the podcast social media accounts in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Share the episodes you're listening to or episodes you love to listen to so that the message can reach more people. Also, if you have anything to share with everyone about the profession or your practice, do contact me and we can work something out. If you have any suggestions, feedbacks, questions about the show or the guests uh, of the show, you can reach me through all the podcast social media accounts or through the website www.ptmealpodcast.com or through email at ptmealpodcast at gmail.com. Alright, looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Just a reminder, folks, the podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. The show strives to keep all information true and correct, but humans sometimes make mistakes. Factual errors may be present, so we encourage the listeners to do their own research on the featured topics as well. Now, let's go back to the show. <laughs>